1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Catch and Shoot podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Catch and Shoot goes well with both red and white and is perfect with a workout of your choice. Our co-hosts are on both coasts, and they have all of NBA Nation covered. Adam Stanko in the Bay Area, and Noah Kozlov in the Big Apple.
0: We just wrapped the Larry Brown interview. That went on like a, <laughs> uh, a, full, a full week with Larry Brown. Was, uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't slept all week, but he was great. So we appreciate everybody who's listening to that show continue to share it as well. I'm Noah Kozlov. This is the Catch and Shoot podcast. I'm on the East Coast of New York City. Adam Stenko out west in yes. San Francisco having a good week yes
1: yes it's 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 been a good week why do you say that no about Larry Brown because multiple people have told me they are listening to the interview but every single time it's been I'm about 30 minutes in I'm about an hour in <laughs> like, <laughs> you know to get through that monstrosity this beast of an interview but I'm so glad we did it and it was pretty cool to uh to get the feedback and and to hear people learn a lot about Larry Brown that they didn't know. And that, that we probably didn't know. It was uh, some interesting newsworthy, noteworthy stories, I think in there for people that haven't heard, but.
0: And there's some great stories from our past interviews and podcasts. So go back and check out the catch and shoot podcast on Apple podcast. You can hear from Todd McCulloch. You can hear from Will Purdue. You can hear from Avery Johnson, Don McClain, Sean Elliott, Byron Scott, Dave McMenamin, Hall of Famer, Alex English. And then radio voices in the NBA, Tom McGuinness, David Locke, Quinn Buckner, Mike Breen. There are so many that you can just go back and listen to as they're mostly evergreen interviews. So go back and enjoy those. Also here on the Pure Hoops podcast network on Pure Hoops Media, you can check out the Mike Wise show. He had his best of show this week, which is it's uh, talk about an editing job to get a best of out of a Mike Wise show. That, that's that got to win some sort of Webby Award. And, and the fact that Frank Isola made a best of show. Well, that's, that's the real. That's oh, the real. Goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, goodness. they scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, Monica McNutt, her show, Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, and also the Pure Hoop show with Eric Newman and NBA champion BJ Armstrong. So I want to update. So last week we started. I was telling you about Eden, my daughter, four and a half years old, and some of the uh, the camp anxiety. So we got yes, over that. had yes. had a had a had a very good like full on like high five with my wife. Great parenting session, and then went back to issues with swimming, instructional swim. No kid likes instructional swim. Nobody, but you have you just have to learn how to swim. So we had an issue this week. She didn't want to swim. She didn't swim, and so yesterday. I read this book. I read about 90 pages of this book. It's called pride and joy and understanding a guide to understanding your child's emotions and solving family problems. Okay. And again, okay. you know, Eden is a terrific kid and this is like our very first issue. And yeah. so a lot of this stuff we've already employed with her of using, like, we don't say we don't, we don't reward the result, We reward the effort. So that yeah. she always, you know, whether she gets an answer right or wrong. And so you never, you're really not supposed to say you're so smart or this or that. It's, I really like how you thought there. or really like how you tried to figure this out. So you reward the effort and we listen to her and make sure she's heard and we understand her feelings. So last night we decided, you know what, we're going to go with, in this book, it suggested having 10 minutes of uninterrupted conversation. Usually right before bed. So we told Eden, I said, look, we're going to have and we always put it to a bed together when we can. And so I said, look, we're going to we're going to sit in your room for 10 minutes and we're going to talk. We can talk about anything you want. It can be silly. It can be serious. It can be about camp. It can be about our days, anything, because she always says to us, tell me everything about your day. So we sat and talked and and remind people I, how old Eden is, too, by
1: the she's way, four yeah, she's four and a t- half. T- t- Okay, some people thinking Eden's eighteen, and they're like this little strange. Four and a half years old. So, yeah.
0: so, we, so we, so she enjoyed that talk, and then this morning she, she wasn't crying, but she, you could tell that she was anxious about it. Um, so then I, we talked a little bit more about confidence. And things that you have to do and how some kids in our bunk won't like drama or arts and crafts or even basketball and things that she really likes, but they just do it anyway. And you have to take other people's feelings into account. You can't just ruin it for the rest of your bunk or your counselor's day. And then I showed her that video that's been going around. Um I, I saw on ESPN's account. Did you see the video of the guy who was trying to do that uh, the, the box jump? And he, I have not with, seen this. So there's a guy. And he's in a, he's in the training room and he's trying to do a box jump and he can't get it and he can't get, it, he can't get it. And his, his coaches and trainers are imploring or you know, imploring him trying to push him on and he gets it. And then he breaks down in tears because because of his effort. And this guy, he didn't have any arms and it's, oh, wow. and it's, it's about 35 seconds. And I showed, and I showed it to Eden this morning. And I said, I said, look what, look what you have and look what, what this guy is, is trying to do. And he's failing and failing and failing, and he keeps trying. I don't know what's going on in swim, but I do know that it's a whole lot easier than, than what he's doing. Wow. And, we watched, and we watched it again, and we watched it again, and, and she wanted to show Marissa. And uh, so hopefully, uh, hopefully she, 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 and she nodded her head, and she seemed, she, it seemed to impact her because she didn't say anything. She just, just kind of nodded her head. So, so hopefully that, uh, that takes us somewhere.
1: This is no, this is parent of the year stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, here, we're
0: trying that we're, we're trying.
1: about, and uh, I'm I'm impressed. So first of all, I'm glad that Eden is is even maybe if it's not back to a hundred percent, Eden at least we're we're back to like a safe place, happy. Because when you and I did the podcast last week, it was um uh, oh, I was, was I was I was, I was worried. We I I could feel <laughs> your stress. I could feel your stress uh, across from the podcast. So I'm glad to hear that she's. Okay, and working on it. And obviously, you guys are just crushing it as parents. And um, I guess this book for I'd enjoy, I'm gonna have to pick up. I, I I probably hit on the other end of the spectrum. Noah, I, I was gonna tell you a story that I'm now gonna save for the for the end of the podcast. Okay. Um, that's actually a baseball story that fits in with us always talking about something that entertained us this week. But so, uh, my daughter Bella is 13 years old. And she had a friend come over the other day um, and she was, her friend was a very picky eater and kind of like, I don't want to say obnoxious about it because that, that's, that's wrong. But at 13, like, you know, we can find some common ground, but she was she was understanding and cool about it. But I figured, why not? She's 13. I can give her a hard time. Right. Like, not in a bad way, but still, I can give her a hard time. So, so. My wife was making shrimp orzo for, for dinner. I didn't yes. realize that Bella's friend, who shall rename, uh, remain nameless, um, is uh, a vegetarian. Um, so she wasn't going to eat the shrimp, which I didn't yeah. realize that, that shrimp you couldn't eat if you're I, – I didn't know that, but, but that's okay. I understand and I support that. I'm like, all right, that's cool. So then she also then couldn't uh, – but she doesn't like – um, certain kinds of pasta. So she didn't want the orzo either. So I ended Uh up making her a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner. And she wanted that and ate about a quarter of it. And while she was eating that, I started asking her about how she, you know, uh, became a vegetarian. I'm like, you know, what, what prompted this? I'm, I'm curious for a 13 year old. She's like, you know, I just really don't, don't like the, um, the mistreatment you know, of animals and stuff. And, and so I don't want to hear about animals being killed and that's how, you know, it becomes food. And I said, Oh, I, I understand that. I said, um, yeah, when I, you know, before I eat a burger, I make sure that the, the cow is already dead. Um, and, (laughs) and she looks at me, Noah, she looks at me and she says, well, But the truth is, you can never really tell because they lie about that stuff on the box. (laughs) What? That was the funniest thing. Like she somehow she was like, you you know, when they write it on the box that these things are already dead, you you don't know that to be true. And I'm thinking,
0: uh, wait, what what box says dead dead cow
1: dead cow meat? That's been my thing. So wait, wait, did Bella react? she she kind of just had this like confused look that she was kind of mad because she knew i was making fun of her friend but her friend wasn't picking up on it so it became this whole thing and I, the last few days oh, like i've no. just been dying like thinking about all the you scenarios in which tell? in which you would need like like oh sorry there's no burgers at um at in and out this week we just sorry no natural cost deaths for the cows so (laughs) oh oh, it was wild and then the next and then the (laughs) next morning this same girl um couldn't really there wasn't really any cereal that she wanted or i was gonna make her pancakes or eggs she wanted any of that so she finally said Bella was like, well, what about waffles? And she's like, okay, I'll have one of those. And they were frozen waffles. And she grabs the waffle and she starts to try like eating it. And I'm like, Oh no. No, Oh no. no. I go, no, you need to, you need to uh, throw that in the toaster. That's way too cold. You might chip a tooth. She goes, oh no no th- this is fine this is fine i'm like no, no, nah, she, you no know no,
0: no, no, she was totally she was definitely embarrassed at that point absolutely, and so she just she just absolutely. went with it
1: yeah, and for good reason too so oh i don't know if my. there's a section on not making fun of teenage girls in pride and joy but that's but that's become part of my life so.
0: oh man yeah <laughs> natural causes happen I don't How does that happen? It's
1: just so funny because she had this idea that she's a vegetarian and she's so into this. Did you talk to Bella about idea. it
0: afterwards? Actually, actually, don't go down that route with Bella because I don't know if her, if his oh, parents listen or what. Don't go down she's, that uh,
1: yeah, yeah. No, oh we've, man,
0: we've, that's
1: uh, we yeah. Bella and Bella and I have had a few conversations. She wasn't happy that that I had. Uh, giving her friend a hard time but but her older sister thought it was hysterical so oh uh, that's stuff. Uh, and i thought that's you'd tough. think it's funny and that matters the most to me so oh, boy. should we get oh, into this, oh this show talk some hoops uh, here? In,
0: a, in a moment we, we're going to get into the show we're going to talk hoops in a moment um but the big uh the big news off the court this week was mitch bernstein the son of bruce bernstein our producer yes and his girlfriend becca now fiance becca getting engaged so I figured we'd take just a few moments to give some sort of, not marriage advice, but Ooh. wedding planning advice. And <laughs> so, so, I thought, so I thought like some of the best wedding planning advice that, that I got was just say yes. And, and that's kind of cliche, but it's, it's less of just say yes and know when to pick your battles. Like, what is what's what's worth it? Like, napkins, not worth it. Invitations, worth it. You know, if you know, if, if your fiance picks out, say, three invitations and says, All right, well, you know, which one do you like the best? Don't say, Well, whatever one you like the best. Actually, offer something, offer something. Uh, and also make sure that every make sure that everybody is is on the same page. In laws, like, everybody knows. However, financially, the, uh, the, the ceremony, everything is getting paid for it. Just make sure all of that is on the table first. Leave nothing, uh, leave nothing in doubt. And also yes. make something about the wedding truly yours so that it doesn't feel like just another wedding since we've all been to so many weddings. Make it something where when people are walking away saying, that really felt like Becca and Mitch.
1: I love all that advice. And what's interesting, Noah, is that before I was married uh, the mm-hmm. first time, which mm-hmm. I always have to clarify for people, um, I'm happily, happily married to Kate and, and super in love. So no one and has want to, to go worry. Back this, there won't be a story. third time. If you Won't want to go back and hear
0: some of that story, go download the podcast called The Follow-Up, and you can hear my conversation with that. Yes, yes, that.
1: yes. We had a great conversation about, about my life, I, and I appreciate that. Noah, you have me on. The um, Someone had told me before I was ever married, they said, you know, you can't just know as a guy, you can't win uh, because you're going to go to your uh fiance. Well, she'll go to you and she'll say, hey, you know, to, to your point, which napkin do you want that, you know, the one with the flower or the one without the flower and if you say uh uh, it doesn't really matter to me you're going to hear you don't care at all you're not involved this doesn't mean anything to you then if you give your opinion and say oh i like the one with the flower you're going to hear well i like the one without the flower we're going with that so but now that i think back on it regardless you should still give your opinion and then just be just be wrong or you get along and you figure it out right right like so so you're always winning and and I didn't even know we were going down this this path I knew we would congratulate uh Bruce's son I'm I'm super happy for for Bruce and 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 his his son and and his fiance uh but I was going to offer best man advice which is I've given many speeches and too, yeah. and the biggest advice is that every single thing in your speech should be either sentimental or funny. Yep. No one cares about anything else. If there's, there's you no
0: wasted time in your speech. No,
1: be concise and it doesn't matter. The, the length of the speech, someone will listen to a 20 minute speech if it's hysterical. I've been around some phenomenal speeches, but the moment you start saying, yeah, I remember we played on that little league team in sixth grade. And then move on to the next thing. Crickets. Cricket every and if it, single and if it,
0: time. If it's something that only one person, if only it's the the groom gets it, talk about it on the bachelor party. Nobody else wants to hear about it.
1: Yes, inside jokes. Drop them. And and my family is notorious, and I, I can't even give most of the um, most of the content. That was yeah, involved yeah. in our families, but we've had this history of best man speeches, which have turned into roasts. And so, when I was first married, uh, my brother Randy got yeah. up and gave this insane speech that was just over the top. And there were sexual innuendos, and there were references, and Yikes. and then and then from there, so then then my little brother at that time was a lot younger. He gave a speech that was that was nice then randy ends up getting married randy says you know to um so randy's the middle brother and then eric's the youngest so randy then says hey at my wedding um he's like look my you know my my father-in-law knows some people who are connected so uncle junior from the sopranos was actually at the wedding and he said no no mafia jokes and and uh and no mafia jokes and no ex-girlfriend jokes so my little brother, who at the time is still a teenager at this point, because of the age gap in our family, um, he ends up getting up, and what does he talk about? He tells some mob jokes, yeah. and he and he told hey. a, a long, unnecessary story about about <laughs> an ex girlfriend. Uh. So so that was super uncomfortable. So then we um so then we're dying. Then when after we're well now now I come up and now I get married a, a, again to like unbelievable wedding all that stuff both my brothers full-on roast totally inappropriate half the room is in tears laughing half the room is like mortified yeah dying of laughter because i think it's hysterical at this point so now finally my little brother gets married a couple of years ago and uh we get it so randy and i have been writing this speech for years like we both had speeches that we were dying to (laughs) write and then i get a text that morning basically saying um from from my dad's friend saying listen my daughters are going to be there you really have to keep it clean make sure you maintain some composure and poise and and keep it classy and i'm like you have no understanding of like what's happened here not to mention eric's fiance the best part of this was the last couple years was freaking out knowing that after all eric had done at these at these weddings like and and how inappropriate he was Like, he was going to get it when it was his turn. And so uh, that's something to note, too. So the funny thing is Randy ends up giving his speech and totally clean the entire time. And I start sweating because I'm thinking, oh, no, he screwed. Uh, Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The whole speech I've been writing for the last few years. Right. And then then he ends his speech, puts the mic down, and then picks it back up and says, like, the most vulgar thing you could possibly imagine comparing – my brother's ego to the size of his,
0: oh wow. not ego, yeah, sure, and
1: and ends up like dropping the mic. It wasn't even really a joke. It was just sort of to say it for shock That's value, shocking, and he, yeah. And he told me later he did it like to as like, hey, I was never gonna leave you like that. And I was I've been so thankful ever since. It was totally wrong and inappropriate, but thankful. My speech totally wrong and inappropriate. I think the only joke. And I could probably say even on this podcast, which is, is anybody going to get it? Saying, uh, yeah, no. I said I said that that my brother and his his uh, now wife were a total mismatch. I said it'd be like if in Beauty and the Beast, uh, Beauty married the candle. That's that's that was my <laughs> joke. That was the one for the kids. I wanted to keep it clean for just at least one joke. But um, so that's the that's the other thing is uh, to understand there are people around um the, the yeah, just make your sure audience. your jokes are funny know your yeah. audience and know, know that your you're going to get it back too so i know that the, the, probably the person giving the best, best man speech, i think is the younger brother adam bernstein so if he does give this speech uh just be aware uh i don't even know if adam's married i don't think he is but it can come back to haunt you later so just understand that they can get you back you always want to give a stronger speech when that person can't return the favor
0: all right speaking of knowing our audience let's talk hoops
1: Time to hit the spread
0: so i don 't know who is actually on the USA basketball team, and already the jokes on twitter and it, it's funny the uh, um, the press box podcast from the ringer with uh, Brian Curtis they always go with uh, every week they have one or two overused Twitter joke, and I think the one this week should be i like random person or media member or whoever saying i'm officially removing myself from consideration uh, for usa yes, basketball like yes. all right all right we yeah. we get it. we get it we get it All right. like look on twitter first before if you think if a joke is that obvious come on yes. All right. and yes. uh so I, so i don't know i don't know who's participating but i also don't blame any of these guys for dropping out except for if like like bradley beal or not bradley beal um uh, Damian Lillard, I think it is, mm-hmm. said like, "Uh, my wife's having a baby. I'm out." Like, what are you like? You just found out? <laughs> like, my, he's like, "My wife's due in August. I'm out." And I and I love Damian Lillard, but like, uh, yeah, so why why were you ever in? Yeah, why well, were you ever the, in?
1: That's the real point. That's the real point. Why were you ever in? And I have a I have a list. Noah, as of today. So while we're recording this on Tuesday, um, yeah. that it looks like just so everyone's aware Donovan Mitchell's did George,
0: did George include Tobias Harris being out. I didn't even know he was in, but he's out.
1: Um, uh, Tobias Harris is n- not on this list. Okay. Well, no. he was
0: the, he's the last one I saw that is out. Okay. I didn't even know okay. he was ever in.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, in recent weeks. So, so this it's uh, coming from a Yahoo article that's apparently got to keep updating itself, mm-hmm. but uh, Anthony Davis, James Harden, Bradley Beal, C.J. McCollum, Tobias Harris, DeRozan, Eric Gordon, uh, and Zion, all withdrawn from the team. Um, it's Bradley Beal, by the way, birth of his his child. Um, oh, it's Beal. Oh, okay. Yeah, Lillard and and DeRozan the the latest, according to this article. And so it says Donovan Mitchell's going to play on the team. Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton uh Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart Julius Randall Thaddeus Young they've been added to the roster Thaddeus then...
0: Young for Team USA Thaddeus <laughs> Young
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to go through some of these days like that that's where I think this conversation should go so also listed on the roster Harrison Barnes Andre Drummond Kyle Kuzma Brooke Lopez Kevin Love Kyle Lowry Paul Millsap Jason Tatum PJ Tucker Miles Turner um And then Joe Varden in the athletic says that uh, D'Angelo Russell, Aaron Gordon, Mike Conley, and Josh Richardson are in the mix for invitations to train. They might
0: lose. Listen, and then then, these guys have played anything, not anything in the league. And
1: then the players, and then then apparently players like Trey Young. Darren Fox, Joe Harris, Mitchell Robinson, and Jarrett Allen, who are on that select team, could be called up to the senior team. Um, So multiple things, though, I think this brings up, Noah, that are at least of interest to me. First of all, at what point – and I'm dead serious when I ask this because so much about what drives players – we've talked about the idea of going for legacy in terms of free agency signing. But when it comes to something like this, which is is unique – how much of this starts to become about ego and how much of it starts to, the question I guess I have for you is at what point do guys say, I'm not going to play because playing is almost going to make me look bad. And I don't mean like performing. I don't mean anything else. I just mean like being on this team, like in a way, so many guys have dropped off at this point that now if you were playing, it's like, what does that say about you? It's like like the guy that returns to college for his junior or senior year
0: yeah I think I think it makes you look better. i think when when guys return to college, that's because um for for the most part is because they got the Intel that they weren't going to be drafted high enough, so they decided to go back. I think in this case, you know like Donovan Mitchell, I think it makes them look even better that okay, I want to I can be the best player on this team. I can be the leader on this team, and they still think, look, we're not going to lose, but they right. might. Uh, and and you've got to win the the FIBA World Cup in order to qualify for the Olympics or else you got to go through Olympic qualifying again so i, I don't it, it's i don't i don't think that i think there needs to be some sort of conversation between USA basketball and and the owners and players and, and maybe even the players association so that so that USA basketball isn't embarrassed by this because i do think I, I think it's embarrassing but i don't think the players themselves look bad for playing but if you if you're one of those late ads or really everybody on this at this point is a late ad and you lose then it's ugly then yeah. that's 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 the ugliness because and, and if, it, if, it, if, when it, you when you lose wearing the united states uniform it's awful
1: oh you'll i mean look when we did the larry brown interview to reference that again you know and i i'd asked some people you know what questions do you have? So many were about Larry yeah, right. Brown's, uh, you know, in losing in the Olympics, and and um, you know, and why didn't he play the younger guys and, and Carmelo and LeBron more and Dwayne Wade at that time and all that stuff. Um, but and and just to be clear, I, I wasn't necessarily saying that. I think it makes them look bad. I, I I wasn't so much saying it from like what the fans would think or the media would would project. I I was more saying are guys going to drop out because that's their perception? Like would all of a sudden, you know, does a Kemba Walker say, well, wait a minute, if all these other stars aren't playing, I'm not going to play. And I guess maybe the motivating factor for something like that would more at this point be, wait, I don't want to play if we're going to lose, you know, or that fear of losing. But I don't think any of these guys are worried about that. Um, do you, do you, how much are you concerned that that we're starting to get back to the place that, started up the the deterioration which caused us to need the dream team in the first place
0: i don't think the olympic team is going to have an issue but i think that some of the qualifying teams might and i think location has a lot to do with it um being close to the season it's yeah you know, i don't think it's i think this tournament i don't i believe i don't think it's in a major chinese city a lot a lot in the outskirts of uh of the major cities so I think location has a lot to do with it and also what's at stake. So I don't think – I think you'll have it for the Olympics. I think you, you won't have any problems. So I, I don't think there needs to be the, the full tear down rebuild. But it is up to this next generation to figure out who are going to be the LeBron, Carmelo, Dwayne Wade guys who who do carry the shorts. And speaking of Carmelo, why don't you just put him on this team? Why not? Right? At the point. Like let him go out that way. Yeah. That could be a great send
1: off. He's had a great, great international career. Right?
0: Right, right, right. Like the Olympic mellow is the best mellow. Yes. So let yes. him go out that way.
1: I like this. I like this idea. I'm uh I'm all for it. So I'm I'm willing to move forward with this. Noah, who would you let me ask you this question. Who would you like to see on that team? I don't I don't mean the entire roster. I'm saying a couple of guys that out of that list that you would like to end up seeing playing for team USA
0: honestly I don't even remember who you said was on that list but I'd like to see I would like to see a bunch of guys young guys because I also think you could move this to say like 26 and under and I think I'd like to see a bunch of young guys from the same team so whether it's a few of the younger guys on the Nets or a few of the younger guys on the Hawks or the Celtics playing together and seeing how that can being together in that Situation and being under the tutelage of USA Basketball, how that can help, how that can help translate into success during the regular season.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, and yeah, right, and Jason Tatum. um were or, the if you put, or if you I put, or if
0: you put, yeah, John, if you put John Collins, uh, Herder, and and Trey Young on there together, great.
1: Absolutely. If
0: you put Karis LeVert and um, uh, Karis Laverde and Jared Allen together, great. So yeah, I I think there's an opportunity to do something there. I but I, I mean I don't really want to see like Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon and T.J. Warren play together. That no, doesn't really. That doesn't really interest me. <laughs> that doesn't do it for you. No, no. Um, let's talk about undervalued teams. So I was looking at championship odds, Adam, and mm-hmm. this year there are eight teams with odds at fifteen or one, fifteen to one or better. Okay. So in Dang. order, championship odds: Clippers, Bucks, Lakers, Sixers, Rockets, Warriors, Nuggets, Jazz, and the Nuggets, Jazz, Nuggets and Jazz are at fifteen to one. If you went back and looked at fifteen to one last year, who had, who had odds like that preseason? Running. Only three: the Warriors, who were, you know, you had to bet, uh, you had to bet one sixty eight to win hundred, so they were prohibitive favorites, and then the Celtics and then the rockets were a 10 to 1 and then the lakers last year preseason were uh, were 18 to 1 so you see the, the how much, how how chaotic and how spread out the the title odds are and what kind of regular season that that we might be having this year who do you look at as undervalued teams and most likely it's teams that really didn't do a ton this offseason
1: well, I mean that's the big thing. And and even the reason that I wanted to discuss this with you was because my neighbor David who if someone recalls on a previous podcast, he was the one that showed me the um uh my buddy David showed me the uh the the poker invitation that was like this yeah, huge yeah, PowerPoint, PowerPoint thing, presentation yeah. that was that was bananas. He ended up actually showing that. He played the clip for the for the guy. Oh, um, really? Yeah, and apparently he said it wasn't 50 pages; it was, yeah, it was 24. And, 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 yeah, yeah, but but regardless, uh, no, the uh, David had brought it up to me and said, you know, he listens to a ton of basketball podcasts and said that you know it always seems like they're talking about the same five or six teams, and I think that's true. And the interesting part, though, is that typically the reason is because those are the teams that people feel are going to have a chance to win it, and this year. It just feels so different in that regard, in the sense that it really is much more wide open as of right
0: now. That's how can it I feels. can I interrupt you for a second. Yeah. Speaking of like talking about the same teams over and over again. Yeah, go on the radio it. on Sirius, we're told play the hits. Yeah. And I and I and I say, Well, like, no, this is a good story. This play the hits. Lakers, Sixers, Warriors. Rockets play the hits. I'm like, all right. But as a (laughs) listener, I'd be pretty bored by that. But Hey, if that's
1: what you say. No, it's funny that you bring that up because when, when I was at ESPN and, and doing some producing, there was the year where all the drama was taking place uh, with the Lakers. It was the, it was, they were at the bottom of the standings with Nash and Dwight, you know, you, you recall. Yeah. Um, and it was every night that was all, all everybody wanted to talk about. And so we said so we got in the the, the production meeting it was for a sports center NBA segment. And we sat around and said, OK, what um what do you want to talk about on the basketball side? And I said, all right, here's my plan. And I laid out this is what we should talk about for this basketball segment. And I said the Spurs have won whatever it was at the time. I want to say like 12 in a row, but they were the hottest team in the NBA. And I got a couple of the people in the room interrupted me and said, we can't talk Spurs. And the producer of that show said, if we talk Spurs, I'm going to get in trouble. I might even get fired. Yeah. And I was blown away. And I think what what's really interesting, and this obviously isn't even where we were sort of thinking we were going with this discussion, but I just want to say as an aside, What's so fascinating about that is that I hear all the time, and our producer Bruce Bernstein is also an ESPN alum. obviously, you've worked at, at a few national huge of of importance that that like I think a lot of times people think in the media that it's some voice from up above that's telling people what to do and what to talk about and what to cover and in in many cases that's true that mm-hmm. is true. but there are also a lot of cases where it's just the idea that maybe you told someone what to say. A previous month or year or week, and now, okay, now that producer is gun shy, that producer would have been fine. In fact, probably would have been praised for talking about the Spurs on that day. In addition to what was happening with the Lakers. But it's that fear of I don't want to upset the bosses. And I know if I quote unquote play the hits as you describe, like it'll be okay. And I think that's what drives a lot of this coverage. And this year in the NBA, that's such a weird thing because there are so many teams that ultimately get back to your question that have a chance to win this thing.
0: Right. So I like so like the Blazers at at 30 to one. I mean, the Nuggets you couldn't even say are undervalued at 15 to 1, but that's a team that generally stayed pat and the Nuggets last year were killer. You know what I mean? So I mean the Nuggets yes. last year, I mean, that's a team that brings everybody back and won fifty-four two games seed. last year. Two right. Team. two seed. And you'd, and it's another year of growth from Jamal Murray and Jokic and, and others. I think, the, I think the Bucks end up taking a step back. And, of course, the Raptors take a step back also. But there, there aren't that many teams that made the playoffs last year that didn't do anything except the Blazers and the Nuggets.
1: Blazers and the Nuggets. And the Blazers got Hassan Whiteside.
0: I mean, and, if, right, but I mean, he's he's apparently tight with with Damian Lillard, but and I I guess I guess that helps, but I I don't know what Whiteside is at this point.
1: Yeah, no, I I, I definitely hear that. I I'm, I I was almost emphasizing
0: your point that that's the like, highlight of that. I guess the uh, Spurs too, and they're getting back to Jante Murray. I mean, a and lot won, of it, and they won forty eight games. We're not allowed to talk thing. about the Spurs. Well,
1: and exactly. And they also get back Lonnie Walker from injury who who didn't get a chance to show what he what he's capable of. And I think that's the that's the wild part about about what we're looking at as we approach this this NBA season is and that's going to that's what's going to make this year so fun to watch is how does the chemistry work for these teams, which actually probably plays into the conversation about Team USA that apparently there's a focus now from a lot of these stars that they want to just get acclimated with their NBA teams. Cause there's so much change and, and, and all that's, that's taking place. But I think there's something to be said for cohesion chemistry in the NBA. And and just because we think that something's going to work or that you replace someone with someone better, um, you know, look at Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook in that instance. And, um, that all of a sudden it automatically turns into wins and in many cases and guys can figure it out quickly and they they work out together over the summers and they start to connect through texting and and all that kind of stuff but it is still a growing process and I do think that when you look at what the nuggets have in particular that this was this young team that's growing also with Porter returning from uh his you know pre-draft injury at Missouri like that I think that they're a fascinating team to me, and and they're a major team to watch. Obviously, the Jazz are a team to watch, but to me, I think the Spurs are the team that the Spurs and the Pacers are the two teams that I am really interested in. I think DeMar DeRozan is incredibly motivated. I think that uh, you know it's another chance for him and Aldridge to play together. But Derek White's emergence, and then we talked about it, the two guys Murray and uh, and Lonnie Walker. Uh, Returning from injury, I don't know that they're winning a championship, but I think that this team could really be much more dangerous than anybody thinks. And then I think on the Pacers side,
0: well, and Tim uh, and Tim Duncan, isn't this?
1: And Tim Duncan, who and Pop had one of the all time great quotes, right? When he said that uh i was i I
0: spent i spent 19 years serving him so now (laughs) yes he he could be my loyal assistant yeah yeah Yeah.
1: returned the favor and then i and on the the easter conference side i think it's the pacers i mean again we get a guy returning from injury which i think sometimes is way more significant than even bringing in a free agent you get oladipo back after what they had shown and their entire backcourt basically flipped and now they've got you know Brogdon and and Jeremy Lamb, and while those guys might not be the most fun guys to see on Team USA, like they will be fun and exciting for Pacers fans who are should be excited about what that team's done over the last few seasons.
0: Yeah, I think I think mean, the Pacers are going to miss uh, Bogdanovich a lot. That is since, true, since since he was the one in the playoffs who, you know, really, say really the only one who's able to get his own. But uh, and again, I'm I'm still I still need to see if. You know, with Sabonis and Miles Turner, two really good talents is whether they can be on the floor together and then how they exist um, in, in separate units. And then, of course, what, what Depot looks like when he comes back. But what they did last year was terrific. And, and that's why Nate McMillan got so much consideration for coach of the year.
1: I think we're about to go off the rails.
0: So I always wrap it up by going off the rails. And a quick one for you. My, I think I've, I think I may have talked about my neighbor before, Dorothy. She's, uh, she's 89 years old, and so I'll go to the, I'll go to the supermarket for her. She doesn't really need much, but you know, I'll, I'll walk down to the market for her or let her know when I'm going, and I'll, or I'll just pick up things that I know that she usually has and, you know, and drop them off. And so she likes these uh, from, from Fairway Market here in New York. She likes uh, the small organic yams. She doesn't have she doesn't shouldn't have uh, uh, a huge appetite, so you know four small organic yams will, will last her a while, and so she she has said that she really likes the ones that I pick out. So Marissa was going uh, like a few weeks ago, and I said, Marissa, while you're at Fairway? Can you get Dorothy the, the yam? Just pick out the like the, the smallest ones, the organic ones that you can find. So then Dorothy tells me the other day when I dropped off some stuff, she said, you know. You know, I really, I do appreciate Marissa going, but I got to tell you, like, you're the ones that, the, the ones that you picked out were just, were just so much better. Just, just so much better. Like she picked out ones that had bumps on it. And she says, I know she probably doesn't do a whole lot around the house. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. I, I was like, uh, no, Dorothy, what do you mean? She does, at, you know, well, you know, she's, you know, she's working on, you know, works and stuff. I said, Dorothy. You know, years ago, maybe, and and, and she was like a fashion executive as a woman, like 60 years ago or 70 years ago. She was so she was uh, a forerunner in this. But uh, I said, no, no, Dorothy, trust me. Marissa does, she does, she does plenty. Um, But I will pick out the yams for you.
1: Oh, that is, that's a great story.
0: Yeah. Oh, 89 years old, and she just could not give a. Yes. flying
1: f about whatever she says at this point i may start using that line to people you know i, I know you I, I know that you probably don't do a lot around the house no, right? you know but uh oh, that's that is, it is Marissa, uh, get uh, on your game
0: yeah right and as far as uh what's enter what's entertaining me uh the i put on the the new episode the new season of comedians and cars last night to watch uh mm, to watch yes. Eddie Murphy and, It was okay. It was all right. Underwhelmed. Yeah. And it was 40 minutes. And usually they're like 20 or 25 minutes. Yes. Yes. And you would think, oh, Eddie Murphy would want more. It was uh, I mean, I'm still going to watch the rest of them, but it was it was just okay. That's
1: that's interesting. I I, I was actually going to talk about a Netflix show as well, which I'll get to for what I'm watching. Um and what's entertaining it all just comes together this off the rails and then and then what's entertaining us for the week the um I saw a video clip though that on Twitter the Phillies I think had had put out um commemorating a Roy halliday's no hitter in the playoffs and I am not a baseball fan anymore I don't follow baseball at all I. I, I have zero interest. I haven't watched an inning in a couple of years. I, I really, I really haven't. And that's just—I I, I realize where where my interests lie and and what I have time for and what I want to spend my time on. And so even though I considered myself at one point a sports fan, that that sports fandom has really narrowed, and I'm way more just basketball at all levels and and all that, and some football, but bas- baseball has fallen off. But I happened to come across something someone had retweeted. It was a seven-minute feature on on um, on Roy Halliday. And I was really riveted by it. And it was interesting. And they had all these different characters from the game on this feature on Twitter. And, and you know, of course, the new age thing now on social media is, oh, people won't watch anything that's very long, and you have to keep things short and all that. Well, this thing was seven minutes and and had my attention throughout, which is long for Twitter is what what I'm saying. So anyhow, I watch it. One of the characters in the piece is is Joey Votto. And I remember Joey Votto being a good baseball player um, back a few years ago when I used to watch. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I know he's played for years. I I wonder if that guy's still in the league because he came off as extremely charismatic in this piece. And I was Mm -hmm. really just impressed with Joey Votto. I'm like, wow, he seems like a great guy, like just a great guy. So I was like, is he still playing <laughs> so i look up on baseball reference and mm-hmm. um you know he's yes he's still playing he's in his 13th season and has as i start to go down the list it, it the guy's won an mvp he's got a 308 mm-hmm. career average like this guy looks looks like he he's like hall of fame worthy possibly you know an mvp 308 career average i start looking 945 ops like Wow, Joey Votto! All right, man. I, I hope this guy makes it. Like I now, now I'm vested. I have an interest in in Joey Votto after after being impressed with him. How he was talking about what Roy Holiday did to them in mm-hmm. the uh, in in this playoff game, which usually it's bitterness coming from an opponent, and instead he took the opposite approach in this piece. So, I text a buddy of mine and I said, "Hey, um, is Joey Votto a Hall of Famer?" This guy's a big baseball fan. He gets back to me. Well, I don't know. I think he needs a couple more good seasons. And then I think he'd be in. Right now, I'm I don't know that he'd get in. I go, really? So now I'm looking at the baseball reference page. And all of a sudden, I'm invested, like I said. So I send him back some stats. Like, look, this guy is like third highest right now for a career batting average of all the active players. And, you know, he's top 25 in certain statistics all time. So we're going back and forth, acting like as though I would know. I haven't watched this guy in years, so God, I have you'll no. Do,
0: you'll do anything to waste time. This, oh my goodness! All true. Oh, I my don't. Goodness.
1: To quote your, uh, to quote your neighbor, I, I don't really do much. Around <laughs> out, you know. So, so, but here was the crazy part about this story. It ends up going on like throughout the day, and not in a major way, but like. Every time I'd get a text back from him, he'd go, yeah, but, and he'd send me some stats or something, so I'd look something else up. And the funny part is, here I'm acting like I've seen anything, and he knows that I haven't watched a pitch in, like I said, a couple of years now. And um, so we have this back and forth, and it's going on throughout the day. That night, I go on Netflix to um, catch up on some episodes, just like you were doing with comedians and cars getting coffee. I did with uh, The Letterman show, uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction, because mm-hmm. there's a season two of that. And there's an episode of Zach Galifianakis that I wanted to watch and realized, oh, that's a bonus episode for season two, and saw that there was a bonus episode for season one that I had never seen. And it's Jerry Seinfeld kind of interviewing Letterman. And I'm like, this could be fascinating to hear the both of them and and their takes on the industry and the process, which I'm very interested in getting to with this whole story they start talking and about midway through this interview letterman like almost out of nowhere goes do you know the baseball player joey Votto?" stop it and seinfeld is like uh-huh. yeah of course great terrific player great player right, and Cincinnati letterman guy, says yeah. yeah and letterman goes yeah he goes i gotta tell you i'm at a baseball game He's like, I was blown away. It's like the eighth inning, all this pressure situation. You could hear a pin drop. And Joey Votto's in the on-deck circle. And all of a sudden, he turns to and sees me sitting there in the stands and is like, hey, David, thanks so much for coming to the game. We really appreciate it. <laughs> and he couldn't believe that this guy mid-game in this tense pressure situation, he said, what a guy. Like, he recognized that. No, and Seinfeld cool. says he did the same thing to me. Oh, wow. And it becomes a part of their show. But the mind-blowing part that I was dying to tell you this week, and I saved it for the podcast, was this idea that I have not mentioned a baseball player's name. That's so I'm weird telling you, in years, so Joey so Votto, weird. of all people, comes up, and I'm going back and forth all day, and boom, he ends up being a significant part of this Netflix special that was on. That's so It weird. had to be a few months ago. And I happen to catch it that day, the same day that I'm going back and forth. I know.
0: It makes you like, it it makes you think like something's bugged in your house or some higher power is listening. It's so weird how that stuff happens. So So strange.
1: So strange, but had to tell you that's off the rails for me.
0: All right, pal. Enjoyed it. We'll do it again next week. What do you think?
1: I think we should thank people. I think we, you know, you're forgetting the whole pure hoops media team. I, we always do forget though, to, to thank our editor, uh, Ben Wolfen, who does a, a terrific job, and, and Bruce Bernstein, super producer. Scott Turkin's too busy this week to help out, and, and please let's let's uh, again congratulate uh, Bruce's son Mitch. It's uh, it's awesome that he's getting married, and and we're gonna have to talk about that when that happens. Are we getting invites, Noah?
0: Uh, I mean, I can I, I'll take an invite to cocktail hour. I don't need to like stick around the whole time. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want to go. I just want yeah, I mean, to see if Bruce. Would I mean, if it's us. if it's in New York City, like I could just kind of I could just go for dinner, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I could good. I could, yeah, I, could just, I could go for dinner and then I could I could give live commentary of the speeches, and, like <laughs> let them know like all right, I like, clap somebody off. All usually, right. Usually the maid of honor, you clap off. I uh, like that. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe we'll go that route. Uh, and, I don't and I also I don't know how big. I you mean, know, we had a I had a huge wedding. Um, and we tried to make it feel small by, you know, spending trying to spend time with everybody, but it was a really big wedding. So I don't know, I don't know what the list is for uh, for Mitch and Becca. I don't know if we'll uh, we'll make the cut, but I, w- I won't be offended. Yeah, I just want them to know,
1: above all else, that this podcast was the gift. So don't expect another gift. This this podcast is the gift oh, that Noah yeah. and I are giving you.
0: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> wasn't even a question anyway so we thank everybody at pure hoops media make sure you check out the mike wise show again remarkably he has the best of that came out this week buckets boards and blocks monica mcnutt eric newman and bj armstrong the nba champion nba agent that's the pure hoops show adam thank you enjoy the rest of the week no you're the best appreciate you the catch and shoot podcast is a presentation of pure hoops media